This is Happy Monkey. This is Happy Monkey. How did you get um how did you guys get the uh QR code to be spray painted on the sidewalk? I would love to know like how I made that happen, what kind of service you use or whatever. And today I usually say it's special, but this is just different. Because today we got some really, really special people with some really, really collaborations that we just made. So we got a lot of shit to talk about, man. There's a lot of some art and weed. We've always been fucking activists as far as promoting weed and art, right? Because even in our events, we did a lot of live paintings and a lot of lot of shit. So today we got some special guests, right, Vladimir? You want to come on with some yes, more details yes, for yes, these yes, people? Yes, 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 yes. These people have uh, put together something new very nuanced, very uh, 2021 uh, new way of consuming art in a way that, Shit you know, is immersive. that I think in this era of people's short attention spans helps them grasp and understand it better. Yeah. So I'm honored to have them here and uh, want to understand a little bit behind the veil, the thinking behind this whole, you know, immersive art thing they have going on. So first we have Dasha. Yes, yes, Thank yes. Thank you for coming. Yes, and we have the homie. Then we have Steve, the 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 man that makes all the images and the projections happen. Okay. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> Uh, I've, done, I've done not for this show, but I've, okay. I've done projection mapping projects <laughs> on other shows. This, this shows. Uh, the show is, is, is uh, a massive one. All right, so first let's introduce the show, right? So what is the proper name of the show? The Dasha? proper name of the show is Immersive Van Gogh. It is not anything else except Immersive Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah, and it is a wonderful show that we brought to New York, uh, and it's part of a whole host of uh, digital art projection exhibitions that we have going on all across the country. So the Van Gogh... Uh, Artwork, artwork of Vincent Van Gogh is heavily featured in this go. show, and this is something that I would love to talk more about. Exactly. So right before we move on, right, so they, all right, they, guys, we describe what the type of art show it is. It's a bunch of projections, and it looks crazy. It's like four different rooms. I'll let, we'll go into it, right? But before we get into that, right, let's talk about the actual person who created the art. Let's talk right. about Vincent Van Gogh. That's why it's called let's the immersive, right? Not a lot Van, of people know more about him than you what you just said right starry night and maybe the fact that he cut his ear off yep that's it but nobody really knows the artist so he created in his short 37 years of life he created over a thousand works wow and he only ever sold one single one and wow. it's so sad he only sold it to his brother but his brother was a huge art dealer so really, he, you know, his brother Theo, he really knew the value of the work. Mm -hmm. and that's why he believed in Vincent, and he always supported him throughout his life. And after Vincent took his own life at the age of 37, 
he decided that he's not going to stop Theo, so he started dealing this work, and eventually it found prominence only in the 20th century um, when other artists became really interested in what he was doing mm-hmm. because they realized he was prolific in many ways. So, Vitivet Gold, ladies and gentlemen, right? So he's basically, if you've never heard of him, Google the shit, and she just described Starry Night. I guess if you look that up, you'll see what it is, right? Starry uh, Night is the most uh, famous work that he created. Why? Why? Why do you is, think that is? Why is? Why is? You know why? Because there's if you there's three Starry Night paintings mm-hmm. that Vincent Van Gogh did, and the one actually called Starry Night, then the Starry Night is only the background of the painting. So this was the first time somebody created a painting and named it after what's in the background. Because he could have named it the village. He could have named it right. the cypresses, which are right in the foreground of the painting. They're kind of blocking your view, almost, mm-hmm. of the stars. But you could see this very clear moon and these very clear stars, and you understand that this is exactly what he was looking at and nothing else. He wasn't looking at the village below. He was looking up above. And that is something that everybody can identify with because mm-hmm. we're all kind of dying to look at the stars. Yeah, we are stargazers, especially stoners. All the stoners. I'm not, right. I haven't met exactly. a stoner in the world that doesn't Give like Give me a good starry night, like, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I want. So, so what made you guys think of, because, again, this is like, for those who don't know, this is a lot of this art is canvas art, right? Um, what made you guys take this different style of Vincent van Gogh because he's like a whole different type of painter. For those who don't know, right, he got his own style. That's another thing, That's right? That's right, so, and a completely unique style. So what take this canvas art, what made you guys make it into like projection and like, uh, and change the whole imagery? Because it's not just like, oh, let's just project the fucking stereo. No, it's, it's moving, it's animated, Absolutely. it's three-dimensional at times. What, yeah. We have to go a little bit further back. Let's go. Because... Digital art projection is not something new. Right. People have been working on it for many years. They've been playing around with digital imagery, trying to bring uh, mapping together with the art world in many, many ways. They've worked on it on theater sets. They've worked on it on exhibitions. But this is the first time that in Europe there was an artist. His name is Massimiliano Sicardi. Massimiliano Sicardi. And it's a composer whose name is Luca Longobardi. And these two gentlemen are at the forefront of digital art making in Europe. And they created the famous show uh, that was in Paris called Van Gogh Starry Night. And this show uh, was featured in Netflix series. It was featured in uh, arts magazines. It's kind of all over the world. People were flying in world famous. World famous. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Nice. And so one of those people that came to see it was uh, Maria Schlover, who is our lead producer. Shout and out so to she Maria. Was yeah, just her, she's feisty. She's Maria, <laughs> Maria <laughs> is five feet tall, uh, but her personality is about eight feet tall. Yes, yes, so, yes. So uh, she came. So on a family vacation to Paris, went to Atelier de Lumière, I'm so bad at French, uh, saw this exhibit and became completely obsessed. Mm-hmm. And said, I've never seen something like this before. We don't have anything like this. We need to have this in North America. And she would not stop until she met these artists. 
and she engaged them and she and her partners who are based in Toronto and elsewhere in the world got together and created this fantastic art exhibit um, just for North American audiences where it really delves deep and this is the choice of the artist Massimiliano said you know what I really want to focus on is Van Gogh mm. I love his work I admire him but I want to create a more in-depth experience for my American audiences and so he created a story it's a whole narrative that's woven together by over a hundred of Van Gogh's works and they're animated on the screen so they overlap with each other mm -hmm. and you can see themes and you can kind of read the story of his life from what Massimiliano created from these images correct so, so, that's so the other interesting thing is is that you're saying that how you know we're sort of this is like the biggest and, and the, the best expression of art digitally that's been done so far, mm -hmm. and you know we're in a time period where we're starting to have these amazing digital projectors, so you can get these twenty thousand k digital projectors and you're able to what's called projection mapping, which is you know really technically map the whole room. So when you step into the exhibit. Things are happening in different spots in different places. Every wall is filled with, with from these projectors. The whole floor is filled. So it's so you're literally stepping into a moving painting. That's right. Mm, absolutely. So I got a little bit of the experience mm -hmm. and that's I felt like a whole timeline. Like I felt like this is when he was over here in Amsterdam painting and you kinda like see like eras of his paintings and his styles and like that's his right. inspiration. Because he like, was Dutch. But he moved to Paris because mm -hmm. he wanted to follow the Impressionists. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the first post-Impressionists. And the reason he's post-Impressionist is because, you know, he painted less romantic notions. He painted mm -hmm. real people. Mm -hmm. He painted the downtrodden people. People with faces that weren't so beautiful, right. like Renoir. And he really felt a kinship with just masses, you know? And so he really wanted to portray it in his paintings in the most beautiful way possible. Why do you think, uh, especially, I don't ask you, Steve, like, you know, you, you have experiences with, uh, with the projections and the whole technology. Why do you think that specifically this immersive experience has caught the attention in the eye of Europe and America and caught fire the way it has since like she's like I think said, it, it a, hasn't been the first one, but it's one. There's a bunch that, of elements to play, right? You've got a massive space. They're using you know, close to a hundred projectors, and these projectors cost hundreds of thousands of dollars a piece. So it's not an inexpensive installation, right? right? <laughs> and, right. and, and um, you've got an artist that you know is is world renowned, and so and pieces that people recognize. And, and then you combine that with the space, the technology, the music, and it's just, it's a fully immersive experience, but it's also probably the biggest projection mapping set that you've ever walked onto, and most people have never walked onto any. It is the biggest digital show possibly in the world today because so, of the sheer size of it. What is your favorite part? of the show like what gets you excited because I know you probably saw it a billion times you saw the setup fuck all that shit when <laughs> yeah. the show 
what is of your the show favorite itself. part of the show? Yeah, because there's a lot of things. Because I know people, we're just talking about the show, but there's a lot of things you kind of go in there because there's like circles and and you can kind of lay down and kind of just watch. That's and, right. So what's like your favorite? Like, because there's different rooms too. Let's mm-hmm. let's not forget. You right. know what I mean? There are so three different rooms. Let's describe that first, right? They are. Uh, all three of them are quite large in size. They can accommodate <coughs> at least four hundred people in each. Uh, and the third room, the largest room, has a reflective uh, marley floor. So the images come through not just on the walls all around you, but also on the floor below. Nice. And that really creates an amazing effect. And my favorite part of the show is when um, people who are sitting on the floor mm-hmm. during the starry night part suddenly realize they're sitting on a star. <laughs> and they start moving around like, and saying, oh. oh my god, look at this. Right. <laughs> That's really fun to watch. Oh yeah, so we can imagine a fucking 700 stoners sitting in the circle, <laughs> right? Catching stars. I'm Catching sorry. stars. Like They're going to be embracing the stars. Like, oh, I'm Right, you can lie among them. You and just, stare and at just, them. Yeah, man, and just hang and... The show is a, a little bit stoner. disorienting at times, which is also kind of... It's fun and it's also scary. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun and it's exciting though, because that's what people like. People like the the edge and people like something new. You know, you don't want right. to just see projection. You want to feel like, oh shit, I'm a part of the projection. Um, you right. walk into the room. There's a room full of mirrors and like, you know, and like this pattern and stuff like that. So it's like this this experience. It's not just you sit around and watch. You kind of feel things, right? Right, what? and you're meant to interact with everything around you. Absolutely. What, what I like about it, and this is, I think, a tribute to the producers, is that the minute you step, the minute you show up at the venue, the whole front wall of the venue is Van Gogh, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it it's, feels, it's, it's not, like, it's well done, right? And then you go in, and there's 400 paintbrushes hanging from the ceiling. Absolutely. And, 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 and 7,500. 7,500. Oh, It's higher. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, you've never seen so many paintbrushes, they all got dripping with paint, and then, it, it like, so the, the, you, from this moment you step in, you're in, in another world. Absolutely. You know, so forget about just the projection part, like, right. the whole, um, the, the, the curation setup, of the, it. The curation of it, yeah, yeah, from the, even the, the merchandise shop is just, you know, it's massive, it's fun, yep, it's it feels, yeah, it feels yeah. different, yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. different. I got a bucket hat, I got and me a starry night bucket hat. there too, there's a rug in there, and how much was that rug? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. She has to pick the most expensive thing. Yeah. Right. So she wants to fly. Like, 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 like a thousand dollars that What is it? How much was that ride? Is it four dollars? Seven hundred dollars. What's on the rug? What does it say? It's the Does it say? Does it say Starry Night? No, it's just fabulous. It's just fabulous. Shit. Okay. Very well Shantae and fabulous. Yes. Sorry, Shantae Shantae. Well, you know, some of the installations in the lobby even, so right as you come in, you're sort of uh, thrown into this whole Van Gogh aesthetic. Yeah. Because of this chandelier, uh, as you said, Steve, that has 7,500 individual paintbrushes, and Mm -hmm. they're painted and laid out in the pattern of the Starry Night. That shit is fly. Then there is a synesthesia booth, and synesthesia is a disorder where you see... Uh, music and yes, I was color. about to mention yeah, yeah. that. I was, that was, first of all, people it's fly. First of all, it's fly. Let's let's break it down in layman terms, right? So it's this fucking fly ass setup 
dope ass booth with the different colors and it's like different little sections, right? It looks like it looks like you and you can walk through it, right? But you kind of like walk in the middle because this is what I got. I walked in the middle. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I walked in the middle and I look up. It's like yellow or something, and then it get it then. It, it, I read the instructions, right? Because uh-huh. it's right there. And then, the sound then, then the sound played. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what yellow sounds this like. This is or yellow. Some shit, exactly. right? So it, it is dope because it kind of like connects you with a tone and a color. You right. know what I mean? But like it's also that's, very I've never even trippy. heard of that. It is. Because it's super trippy. Because then you start like being like, really? What does orange sound like to me? Right. And then it has like this whole like fucking Star Trek. <laughs> you know, you know when when, when they fucking energize. It's very, like, yeah, it's beat right. me up, Scotty. Right, beat me up, right, right. Scotty. Oh, it has like this dope it's a sci-fi set, sci-fi futuristic. set, yeah, futuristic yeah. set. So it's like you're walking into something and you're getting beamed, and then <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go into the next one, and then you could kind of go into right. like a bunch of them, and it's real cool. It's like cool and shit. You, and all of a sudden you're hearing color. Yeah, <laughs> that's super fly. And it's like every time you go, I've been there twice. I went once when we first went for the meeting, and, and like I went second time with my daughter. It's like every time. You you see something that you didn't see right. before. Yeah, or you find new shit. You didn't find before, you right. know? And that's, you know, this is the same thing about his paintings, too. Every right. time you look at a painting yeah. in real life, and there's uh, oh, more than 20 Van Goghs in New York City at MoMA, at the Met, at the Guggenheim. You can go see for yourself. And really, people are a lot more likely to go see the real painting after they've been to our show. Because even if they don't know anything about Van Gogh, besides the fact that he cut a zero, they (laughs) kind of want to see the real thing. They want to understand where this entire digital representation came from. And so I think that's great. And every time you look at his painting, you see something you haven't seen before. A brush stroke. Uh, an element or something. So where did this whole immersive thing start? Like the first city, first place, and then how many places and cities is it, is it now? It started off in Toronto. Uh, and okay. we brought it to Toronto at the height of the pandemic in July 2020. Wow. And that was crazy. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody even dreamed of opening a door. Right, you know, during not. that time, especially not in Canada. No, they really. Uh, they stood in doors. They, 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 they got it bad. Yeah, and the way we were able to open is we preset social distancing right into the show. We nice. created social distancing circles that were projected onto the floor, and that way people were like, "Oh, I'll." grab this seat over here yeah and then they were far enough away from each other and they felt safe and they also kind of they were given a prompt to go sit down and enjoy the show right nice and then there wasn't there some shows where actually people could drive their cars in the drive that through? building yeah, even though oh. we're also the new york building is also large enough to drive a few cars through but we haven't uh dared to do that yet but in toronto they actually <laughs> did host a drive-in experience oh that's wild so that's fantastic you don't even I'm, have to leave here. yeah i'm definitely hot boxing the whip you know what I mean? <laughs> hot boxing the whip putting up yo pull up and you know, in Toronto, those rules are very different. You can just indulge wherever. Oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful to the me. The way people approach it. I think this is going to be New York maybe like 25 years from now. That'll be New York. With your help. Next year. Yeah, I, I, I don't gonna think you like, understand. Oh, yes. We're just I don't like think so you bad. understand. New York, we being safe now. Next year. <laughs> Everybody gonna be smoking. The people smoking outside now. This that's it. Like people been waiting for this moment all their lives. It's okay. legalized now. You can literally smoke wherever. You, you can smoke a cigarette. So it's literally legal as long as there's no kids around. So you good. So mm-hmm. I'm like, next year is gonna be a different story. 
Forget think, about 25 years. I'm, I'm just loving the smell of the city now. You yeah, walk the around, city, you walk around yeah. everywhere, you yeah. smell the loud yeah. everywhere. You yes. could tell who's smoking some good stuff yeah. and who's smoking some not so good stuff. And you're like, good, fuck. Right. Fine. <laughs> right. So, so now that comes to my next question. I want to ask both you guys, and I want to ask you first, Steve, and yeah. then you tell us the answers. How do you guys think that the whole experience is going to be enhanced when people, when we, when we do this event together, and people are able to consume before they go in, you know? And so, so the, the way the Happy Monkey event came to, to be was that on the premiere night, Chante and I were there, and. We, we enjoyed it, and I said to uh, uh, one of the producers that, uh, um, and one, one of the um, staff members that, I'd love to come back to see this on edibles. Absolutely. And, and so that grew into the idea, well, how do we do a smoking and edible night? And right. I said, well, if you're gonna do that, then you gotta have Happy Monkey, because there's no one else better to do it with. Yeah, that's right. And that's, and that's how this came together. So, but then Shantay. we kept waiting on it, right? We kept sitting on it. Shout out to Happy Monkey. Oh man, no, thank waited. you, Shantae Patrice. <laughs> and then we waited until about a thousand other people said, this would be so great on weed. Right. And then we're like, well, in fact, <laughs> we are making plans. Right. And so now I get to say that to people and they get super excited. Right, right, right. And I think, I think this is going to be a wonderful collaboration because I think people already kind of do it, but being able to curate a safe situation for everyone and a COVID-friendly space and something where it's just for adults and, you know, all these yeah. things. Absolutely. Factor, trust me, that, just the whole feeling of walking in, just feeling that way, the energy, then smoking. That's it. Forget about place, it. The place already has energy, but you guys bring a whole other level of energy into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Because right. that's yeah. really yeah. what it is. You know, it's matching that type of energy and... And the feel is more than anything. You're going to remember. You're going to have memorable thoughts and all these things and notes that you took and all that. But the feeling is what you kind of leave with, yes. right? So you walk in there and you go through these different rooms. Like we said, the sound, everything that you go through. And you're like, holy shit. And you leave with this thought and this, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that you leave with. Because that's what you leave with, man. That's what you go home with. That's what you go to sleep with. And that's what you, that's what you go home telling your friends about. It's more than the technological aspect. Yeah. Exactly. It's more Way than much the emotional more. aspect and mm -hmm. the act of all of your senses being kind of activated and engaged. Boom. And that's really what gets people Absolutely. to feel reactive. And then there's the comfort of knowing that, you know, everyone's doing it at the same time. Yeah. At the same time. Right. right? It's community it's that you guys bring in. Exactly. You know, so that, that whole feel comes into the room and it's just like, yep. it, you know, it, it, it's a, it, it's a it, unique yeah. experience on top of a unique experience. Correct, correct, correct. It takes away the edge. And then, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an energy thing, right? I've always, I always go back to this because then, like you just said, everybody at the same time is already on the same wavelength. You walk yeah. in there, the energy is felt. That's right. Everybody's already on that way. Everybody's yeah. elevated. Absolutely. Get a song plugger there. I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll take the elevation. And Be in there. And I think that on a deeper level, what it's going to do for society and for the cannabis industry is for other institutions to understand that this is becoming a main part That's of society. That's it. It's a part of society. And um, it's going to help them understand that instead of being a, a con, it's a pro and can only add value to whatever experiences that other people are doing and other institutions are doing. And, you know, I think it's going to definitely be historic. And I tell you this much, on the business aspect, when I'm high, I buy more shit. 
<laughs> I, I always say never go shopping at Costco Stones. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. So like, you kind of like go in there and you fucking get inspired all high. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm taking everything. Seems home. like it's free anyhow yeah. when you're there, but when you're stoned, it's like forget it. You know, so, it's like just what, saying. What would be your stone purchase? Uh, well, snacks. well, that look. That's what I'm saying. Last time I took home the bucket hat, yeah, the, the, sta- the starry, the <laughs> bucket hat. So it, it, it it's something like you kind of you you find something that you connect with while you're there. Those has to. You know what I'm saying? And then as soon as you walk out, there's like fly things, and then you don't hurt. It's not hurting everybody's pocket. So it's like it's things that you can kind of take home with, and that's it feels right. good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like oh shit, I connected with this part of the art show and whatever the projector, whatever you just connected with. There's something there for you to connect with. Yes, because it's so physically that, collecting something from the night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also because we are here to engage and engage with and promote artists and their artistic process. That's why mm-hmm. we really pay a lot of attention to who has created the show mm. and who's behind the music and the and the actual artwork animation and then we also engage local artists to contribute items to the shop so there's nice. a wonderful artist uh, named keith kelly who created a line of jackets for us that's at the store we have a uh, fantastic Were sweatshirt. Those flight jackets because i saw some flight i love those the no jacket. those are gone already <laughs> but the, no they're, they're canvas jackets with either an iris print or the sunflower print. And nice. I do have to say that besides the Starry Night, right, Van Gogh was really known for his work with plants and flowers. The he sunflower. did a ton of thematic paintings where that featured uh, sunflowers, irises, and all kinds of different flowers and plants. And he really um, spent a lot of time in nature, reconnecting with nature, and seeing his own mental health and his own life through the eyes of natural things. And so one of... Um, the things he really focused on and what the show focuses on is exploring these themes, um, how the plant world really comes into play. The plant world, ladies and gentlemen. The plant Come world. On, man. We all Always come back to the plants. Always mm-hmm. come back to the plants. Now, give man. us a little backstory on the how the music was curated to match Oh yeah, and then it's like yes. a whole music. Oh, we look, we there forgot. There's a we, soundtrack. We, yeah, of it's like a whole. You can't have a digital animation without a soundtrack. And the soundtrack really complements the show, even though it's not a continuous piece of music. There are several pieces of music that are from older composers like Handel and Bach and Mussorgsky. And then there's Tom York and Edith Piaf. You know, and all of these different pieces of music <laughs> all of these different pieces of music and all of these different moods musical moods, they really combine to create a one-of-a-kind uh, atmosphere, you know, because they each one of them works together with the part of the show that you can see, and even if they're not completely interconnected, the thing that connects them is the transitional nature of this art. Nice. Who the understood music. what I just said? No. The music. Not even <laughs> the music. The whole point is that the music is fly, and you're gonna enjoy the whole I mean, shit, all right? Steve, so you knowing so much about the technology behind this, what would you say, like, since you say that, you know, the immersive Van Gogh experience is like the end or be of where technology is hit, where do you see it, like, going from here on, since you already see that, say that it's already reached a big pinnacle? I mean, where's our technology going? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're heading into the era of, of uh, augmented reality, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll be able to put 
you'll be able to put another dig a digital layer between you and whatever you're watching. So you put your glasses on and you know, it will tell you all the stats on you, it will tell you where you are, it, you know, and then there's a, a, another form called mixed reality, right? Because the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality is that when you put virtual reality on, mm -hmm. you're in the dark. You don't see anything outside and you're, you're being fed everything through screens, okay? okay? When you're in augmented reality, it's the opposite. You're, you're seeing the outside and you're projecting the digital layer on it, right? And now there's another form called mixed reality, which is you're in the dark, but it's got forward-facing cameras all around. So you're, the, the outside world is being brought in digitally and mixing it with the virtual world. Oh, Lord. And that's, I think, where we go in the future with live event. I'm like, what the fuck? That's we very futuristic. Yeah. It's super. That not shit the, is like we're in the movies already. Just, there's hurdles to come, like, you know, putting goggles on everybody and yeah. the moon and stuff, but that's what's coming. And, and I think it, uh, augmented reality is going to become, you know, I was saying to Shantae today that, like, I was wearing an Apple Watch and my, back, my phone went dead and I was able to do almost everything from the Apple Watch, but it doesn't have a video camera yet, right? And I was saying, but the phone is dead. We're going to get rid of our phones in the next few years and we're going to move to glasses and a watch together. And the glasses are going to have the computer. people removed to glasses. And the, shit. Yeah. So the shit is gonna be immersive, all up in your eyes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh shit! Let me just let me just tap into immersive. Well, well you can also you know you can, you right? can you project, you can project a digital watch. keyboard from your glasses, and you can take your hands out and type on it that way. Like Minority Report. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's, all, it's all it's all here. You know, it's all it's all it's all happening in the next couple of years, and then that will go into um, immersive events shit. as well. Van Gogh sunflowers. Boom. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's so, a little overwhelming. It's crazy. It's going to be crazy. So now let's talk a little bit of cannabis since we've mm. already covered art. So how do you feel, both you guys, about how cannabis influences creatives, artists, technical people, and etc. Mm. in society from your experience? Well, I, I think that, you know, no one's ever started a fight um, smoking, right? So it's, it, it puts you in a, in a good headspace and... Mm. Um, you know, personally, when I look for a, a strain, I'm always looking for how, is it high creativity, is it high energy? Mom. You know, so yeah. um, my brain goes way too fast. So you know, smoking helps me slow my brain down to write and create and take ideas I can't get at a normal time. Everything out of my head on paper quick mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. So you know, for me personally, that's you know, that's it, that's how it helps me with creativity. How about you, Dasha? You're dealing with so many artists. That was Have you good. Heard? That was like mass specific. That, that was like, <laughs> boom. Word. How, how do you feel like cannabis inspires creativity and people in society? Well, I think it just, more than anything, I think cannabis and just the culture around it, it brings people together. And bringing people together is the cornerstone of creativity because when people get together, they start exchanging ideas. And if mm -hmm. there is a dialogue, there's always going to be new ideas. Absolutely. So you need to have that little social lubricant mm -hmm. of, of cannabis to keep things going. But people who consume it for personal creative reasons, I completely understand that. Because certain things, certain strains, like as Steve said, you'll be like, oh, let me sit down and write this down. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me, let, me, let me sing this now. Let me yeah. paint this now. Because yeah. then it hits, and you're a lot less likely to dismiss your creative impulse. You're going to go with it. 
Right. And, and you're going to lead it to wherever it leads you, you know? You so you, you're not going to go back into like your mundane little everyday life and be like, oh, no, I have to go to the store to go to Costco. <laughs> you're not going to do it. You're going to sit down and compose. There you go. I like that. Go sit down and compose. Because you can't stand up. Now we always ask everybody that comes on here I want to know your stories um, Your first time consuming uh, cannabis <laughs> how Yeah, I love for you guys Your how, first time how, how, you know, how did that go down? Um, so I grew up in, in Montreal And uh, Where it's been legal From the 6th Yeah, no, but it wasn't legal back then And, <laughs> and uh you know, so it's a hash city, right? Mm. Weed was a, a, a rare hash thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, we had like strains like Panama Red and, and yeah. Black and all of these like yeah. cool strains. Nice, nice. And, um, and we smoke it, um, we call spliff, which is the hash and tobacco together rolled like a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So that's what I smoked the first time. And I was probably, 13 and <laughs> I was people. you know we hung out at the mall as kids and one of the kids I know was a little older and he had a spliff and we went behind the stairwell at the mall and smoked for the first time and just ran in the mall yeah. what a yeah. classic story yeah. absolutely I smoked for the first time at my high school graduation oh. I waited a long time I was an immigrant child and my parents didn't have time to look after me so I had to turn into a big adult mm-hmm and yeah, so I was working. very serious so, and so. very driven. Oh, not so driven, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> not so driven because it was 1996, and I was like, "Ooh, nightclubs." Yeah. Uh, but then I never like did anything weird in the nightclubs. I just went dancing. And then when I graduated from high school and we had a party, and then I was like, "I just graduated." I just graduated. Fuck yeah! And my out of nowhere, my friend goes. Would you like to smoke something? And Absolutely. Was it a joint or was it a blunt? It was, was it a bong? Hmm. Mm, it must have been a blunt. It must have been it a must blunt. Have been a blunt. Where was this? It must have been a Philly blunt. What? Oh, where was oh, this? Right, Philly right. blunt. Where was, was this? Right, it was in Brooklyn. It was that. Oh, come on. It come was on. In that, you should have just started. If you would have just started. It was, that, it was that, definitely that, a Philly. We would have known. She smoked a blunt. She's definitely a part of the Happy Monkey family, ladies and gentlemen. She, that shit just, shit just changed right here. I, I, what just happened right there? I was not expecting Brooklyn and a Philly blunt, ladies and gentlemen. This was very dope. I think this was a fly, fly situation, everybody. I think this conversation was really dope. And I think people are going to enjoy what we all have to bring and what they all going to experience because I think we all feel some sort of way because I see you love, you love what you do. See, that's Thank another you. thing, right? So you got to kind of have that energy as well, right? Because this is your shit. So it's like... It's my shit. It's my baby. I love art and I love sharing it. And I love New York and I love sharing it with New York. Boom. That's what I was going to ask my next question. Like, uh, first, I'll go with you. Then I'll go with you. What was the epiphany for you to get into technology and everything that you got into, like as far as like the projections and just in general, like the technological side. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, I've always, um, you know, like since high school, I've been interested in, and in, you know, um, I, owned, I owned like 
a laser when I was a kid <laughs> that was illegal and that you, no one had a laser. And I, you know, I used to, my dad was an architect and he was like really cool about that stuff. And we had this house where he wiped out all the walls. So it was like one big thing. And we set up together like mirrored balls and crystals and all kinds of stuff in the house permanently so I could just screw around with this laser that I had I, got. So I just like. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Dedicated dad. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah. Shout out to dad. <laughs> After that, you knew that was your calling. I just that's you know, it. Yeah, that was but, you know, but I've you know I've I've been in artist management. I've owned a record company. You know I've had, but I've always had a, done technical stuff all along the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your your art. Your, you 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 are the mo you are the modern artist because right now digital and art kind of like got a mess right now, right? Mm -hmm. Dasha, what was your epiphany when you said art was your calling that you were like, I can make a career of this and Oh my gosh, you know, I am at that point with my career where I'm still having imposter syndrome on one hand, and on the other hand, I'm like making so many decisions and if people are like, Dasha, what about this? And so, you're the it's boss. So freaking You're the boss. You are the boss. But so I keep telling myself you. that every morning in the mirror, but it's I'm not like, working. <laughs> but, <laughs> be the boss. But I don't know. My epiphany was that I couldn't do anything else. I had to be in the performing arts or visual arts or something. I used to work with ballet dancers. I used to work with opera singers and, uh, you know, really wonderful musicians. I'm like from a musical family. We all play instruments. We all sing. And in a sense, there was a point when I realized that the corporate world would not be for me. Because there is none of that there. There's no creativity. It's all of that. Yeah. All of that. Bland, bland, bland. Yeah, yeah. And what? And at what? At what age? Or what was the real thing? Like your first actual step into it? Like as far as work-wise in, in the art world. Uh, my first job was for a newspaper post college, and I used to write a music column. Mm. because that's really I wanted to uh, work in music journalism I used to go and get myself somehow into like pianos and hear some obscure bands and then write about them and nobody would read it it was great I loved it <laughs> uh, and then this newspaper ended up sponsoring a film festival it was a small t it was a Russian language newspaper and it was a small time film festival and they had no budget and so they wanted to hand it off to someone and I was like <laughs> there you and go. It's always and I ran that festival at zero budget, and I got a bunch of sponsors, and we threw an epic after party for this one um, very popular film at the Anthology Film Archives, and it was just great. Wait, the after party? No, no, yeah. not like that though. Not like our after hours party is going to be. That we had to graduate to this. Ah, okay, I get it. I get it. Right? Like, Yo, it's a film but festival. they did have a vodka bar. Uh, that I got. There was like a startup vodka Fuck. brand that I was like, you guys can come in and do a bar for my Russian folks. And Absolutely. they were like, yes, please. Yeah. And so that cost me zero dollars, which That's was just shit. a taste. You know, once you get out of that like budget rut, you're like, oh, I can do this for nothing. And then, then when you get a budget, it's like, that's the epiphany. I was like, I can do this and have <laughs> mm. And have money to do more of this, right? Because it's like and you give more, money. yeah. Because you give more. It's like no, well, I mean, this is a whole new world. We're going to be in twenty U.S. cities by the end of twenty twenty one. Boom! With the immersive Van Gogh show and the immersive shows that include other artists that are 
maybe public domain works, mm-hmm. plus there is original licensed content coming. Like we're here for the long haul. Nice. And that's when you realize that you need the budget. You can't just get by, you know, on your scrappy self. And so it's a very healthy marketing campaign. Very, very healthy. So I'm very proud of them. My whole team is just a bunch of incredibly competent professionals who are in theater, performing arts world for decades, combined decades. So it's just really a pleasure to be part of something so healthy and robust and growing. And that's, that's really it. Yeah, no, and uh, it makes sense because they say when you work in what you love, it doesn't feel like work, you know? Right. It's just like you're passionate, you do it for free anyway, so that's why it's like, you know, you're blessed to have that because not many people have that as well, like you said. So many people have to go and do whatever they have to do just for money, right? you know, and it's just important to have something that you're really passionate about and really care about, and, you know, it shows in everybody in your organization of why it's so successful because obviously everybody's so passionate and that's why it's grown so much in such a short exactly. time. Mm-hmm. So what's what city's next after New York? So LA just opened yesterday. Nice. And LA, I was telling Steve, it opened in the former Amoeba Records store building. So they are going to be great. Um, for us, New York is wrapping up at the end of August with Van Gogh, and we're going to look to come back with a different show afterwards in New York City. Oh. But then we're also going to Boston next, and we're going to open up there before the holidays. Nice, nice. Remember where you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen, the immersive Van Gogh tour. All right, so what, when is our dates? What, when is the, the whole collaboration with Van Gogh and Happy Monkey? When are those so our days? fantastic events are coming up so soon. I don't even know if anybody's going to get to hear this podcast they before will. it comes we'll, out. We'll push it up. Will. Yeah. We'll, drop, we'll drop it our quick. Our event we'll is quick. next Wednesday, August 11th. And there is going to be a second event on August 18th. Nice. But I think everybody should just come on the 11th and see for themselves so that then they can invite their friends to the 18th. Absolutely. This and be the first be. ones to have gone. Yeah, it's first of its, its kind. It's, it's going to be history, you know. It's, it's like I said, it's the first, first time, you know, high-end art meets high-end cannabis hospitality. You know, I don't think anybody wants to miss that. Especially right now after, you know, New York just went legal, uh, cannabis just legalized after 80 years of prohibition. I think it's the beginning of the roaring 2020s. Yeah, and we are the spearhead of that. It's also important to say that it's a COVID safe event, right? Absolutely. Distance and set up for that. We have a mass guidance requirement. We have socially distant uh, areas where people can be safely, um, you know, watching the show, indulging, etc. And then we have a wonderful outdoor space that we're going to turn into the Happy Monkey Consumption Lounge. Correct, correct. That keeps everybody What a beautiful view of Brooklyn. Yeah. Of the two bridges and Statue of Liberty and downtown Manhattan and Brooklyn. You can't get more real for you than that. Absolutely. And you know, being on the Lower East Side, it's such an iconic neighborhood, right? And it's so important for this neighborhood to have legalized cannabis. Absolutely. Because this is where they started arresting so many people, right, when it all began, like right along with the outer boroughs. And this really, really cracked down on everything. And so this is the neighborhood that's been suffering for a long time. This is a celebration, ladies and gentlemen. This is a celebration. So we can bring this right back to them. Yeah. 
as, as Ramon likes to say, everybody can come out of the cannabis closet now. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> and you can consume art right after you consume cannabis. There you go. There you go. There you go. So right before we leave, I want to make sure that everybody gets the, the Instagram correct. Because this is, you know, there's a there's a bunch of different other ones, and you know, we want to make sure that everybody, everybody wants it. to be in on the yeah, yeah. Go. So I want to make sure that I, we get this correctly, right? So if you look at if you look it up on Instagram, it's at G O G H N Y C. It's Immersive Van Gogh, New York, ladies and gentlemen. Please look that up, follow it. You already know if you want to get some sort of glimpse or experience of the art and the building and all the of all of the above. Um, you already know. For your for for your tickets, go to happymonkey.com if there you, you want to go. go to the you know Happy Monkey Van Gogh after hours experience. But before anything, it's time for the million dollar question that yes, we ask yes, every yes. guest oh, that's been yes. on here. And you yes, um, you both of you are so you know intricate and intellectual. I'm really interested in your answer. <laughs> so the million dollar question we ask everybody, and I'll start with you first, Steve, uh -huh. is that. If you had to describe Happy Monkey, the movement, the event, everything that it embodies right. in one word, what would it be and why? Safe. Mm. Why safe? Nobody's ever used that one before. You know, the first time I experienced Happy Monkey was when he had the lounge running. Yep. And I was like, okay, what am I getting into here? Am I going to mm -hmm. be comfortable? Is this a safe environment? You know, is it going to get busted? Right. You know, and it was you know from the moment i stepped in the elevator to to um experiencing coming through the doors to the dispensary to all of it was just like okay this is pro you know this is like the way it, it, it can be not the way it is everywhere else right yeah thank you so i felt safe i appreciate oh, man. You. thank That's you crazy. nobody's ever used that that makes a lot my man Steve. yeah because he's been around he's, yeah, he's you know exactly he's not, you know and uh, how about you dasha oh boy <laughs> i'm so bad at being concise all right, since in the pen, there's no right or wrong answer. Words. You heard how she like. She said you heard how she like. I'm so bad at being. She wants to negotiate. She wants to negotiate for five words. She got bars, right? I do. I would negotiate for about five, six words, five, six sentences. But I think one word that can be used to describe this organization is enterprise, because there are so many ideas flowing, and there are so many people involved from completely different walks of life, and it is just like an industry leader that you can tell right away. Oh, that was huge. That's that manifesting was life right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, man. I think this was a good one, ladies and gentlemen. I think you guys are going to enjoy our energy at the immersive situation, all right? Because it's going to be crazy. Yes. Yeah. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, we don't do it for the clout. We do it, do it for, for the, the culture. culture. So for now, remember everybody out there, you know, it's been a rough time. But now, like I said, we're entering the roaring 2020s. Yes, sir. We are, you know, spearheading that. We're doing amazing collaborations like this. Remember, everybody out there, you're too blessed to be stressed. Things will get greater later. For now, checking out Vlad, Steve, Dasha, Ramon. Till the next episode, peace, love, and happiness. What's good, everybody? This is your nigga Ralph trying to keep you fresh with the info from Happy Monkey every single podcast. You already know what it is. If you haven't followed us yet, follow us on Instagram at happymonkey underscore or happymonkeygoodies. Now, remember, that's monkey with a U. Also, if you haven't checked us out, we're on YouTube. So check out our channel, Happy Monkey TV. Keep us current, live, and everything with the culture.